Alright, there it is. That's Matt and Kim with Daylight on this very special of days. This is my birthday episode because we're recording it on my birthday. It won't be released on my birthday. Uh, so, so don't get too excited. But this is the reason. If you're gonna, we're gonna do a little bit of a different episode today because it is my birthday and because I don't feel like doing a real episode. So all of you who listen to this for insightful, thought out responses to climate issues and environmental issues may be disappointed. But we're going to get into some fun topics today, which begins with Justin Bieber and the fact that he was recently, today, was charged with drunken driving. However, before I get, before I, get I have to introduce the people who I'm with, because once again, this is not recorded, and i got to remember that. This is an audio podcast, so you can't see who I'm with. So I'm here with Darren Kaser and David Hostetter. Thank you guys for joining me again. What is up? You ruined my name again. <laughs> Hostetter, hostetter, as long as I'm the host of the show, you're going to be a hostetter. So you're going to be with that. You're the now. host, I'm the hostetter. Ah, there we go. No, no relation. No. <laughs> All right, but yes, I want to get on to this topic, and you get bonus points. I'm going to just, this entire episode, I'm going to be giving out random points. Points! Uh, for an absolutely no reason, because it is the birthday episode. I like qualify, uh, quantifying and qualifying my victory. Yes, exactly. All right, so what we're going to start with is I want to hear about your opinions on Justin Bieber, and then if you can somehow pretend it's related to an environmental news story, you get bonus points, and I'll give you points on that. So we'll start with who wants to start? Who wants to start? Uh, well, I, I think we could we could easily do a tally by uh, find out how many successful hits that that news story went, and went that those you know times. 90 seconds equals the amount of time people didn't think about climate change. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, well, well, not to mention the total, that. The total man hours, if you will, in my, mm. my, my gender-specific <laughs> language there, I do apologize, but uh, the, the man hours that went into not worrying about shit that actually matters. Went into caring about Justin Bieber's DUI. Yes, uh, and, and which would be a throwaway, it would be a bullshit comment if it was not Justin Bieber, because... Literally, we're in the millions of man hours. Mm. The, he, it gets so much traction, it's ungodly. I wouldn't bother making such a silly comment if we were talking about, you know, something that was happening on uh, some minor thing with some stupid pet picture or something that happened on Facebook right. or something. But when we're talking about just to be like, these are these are millions and millions of of people's attentions of hours that are going into something that's meaningless, irrelevant, and. and just otherwise useless in every possible context. All right, I have a good actually in the jumping off point from that comment, but I want to actually hear your opinion on Justin Bieber's DUI. Do you think he will straighten up his act? Uh, I think he no. He's in the Britney Spears catalog of we're all uh, to to take words out of South Park's mm. mind. We're we're currently uh, <laughs> pushing him along and then pretending to be surprised mm. uh, in his uh, inevitable. Fall from Grace, mm. aka plane crash or car accident or whatever. All right, it's 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 the newest American tragedy that is celebrity. Mm. All right, so that's him. Dave, what do you got? I I, I don't mind it. You support Justin Bieber's drinking and driving? I don't support it, but I understand it. You understand I mean, it? He hits puberty, and immediately it's like wham bam. Guess I got my swagger back, <laughs> and he's just praised. To he never had so, swagger in the first place. Usher gave him swagger. Mm. Usher just like, he must have had some, he had a seed. I'm he giving seed. the I'm giving the point guy a point. Mm. <laughs> yes, one point say He had a seed. And I think um it's it's inevitable that he'll consider himself the cock of the walk since he's been loved since he was fifteen years old. Mm. And I think he's just he's just I mean he's 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 very small town Ontario making making it big. 
Um, you heard you heard me call him an American earlier. That wasn't actually a misspeak. <laughs> that, that was my announcement that he's actually no longer. You're give, oh, you're giving uh, him away. Just so to that America. I'm being on record as uh, that. That was not me misspeaking. That was me very intentionally saying it. Canadian. Yeah. I mean, like he spends his money riding ATVs in his spare time and stuff, and blaring it through the uh, the backwoods. And I think it's I think it's fine that he thinks he's the shit because it makes sense. And yeah. he has nothing else to think because, what is he, 19, 20 years old? Something like that. And all of his basically cognizant life, he's been ruling the hearts of every girl his age. Mm. So he's drinking and driving. Hopefully he doesn't hurt anybody. I, I, I might be giving you a segue here, but at, yeah. the, at the risk of, of giving you a segue, uh-huh. um, it is somewhat reminiscent of the Rob Ford thing in that he's like an idiot who somehow managed to get celebrity and now people are going to cheer him into his own destruction. Mm. You think he's an idiot? I think he. I think he. I think he has. He's got something. Uh, no, I mean that. Beebs spe- or four? Beebs. Beebs. He's. Uh, I, I meant that specifically as a derisive term. I was just many insulting, <laughs> oh, yeah. not descriptive yeah. in that sense. But no, I mean, I, and and idiot. I guess if you want in a super technical way, in that, yeah, it, it, which is just to say that like he just has absolutely no context for like what he's doing. And, mm. and yeah, like there's that. no it's, reference point it's a beyond. It's I've a been awesome my whole life. Uh, I'm going to tie this into actually some environmental speak for at least a brief moment before I decide to completely diverge again. Is because first one of the things I do, which is probably the most embarrassing thing I do, is I get really curious when from Twitter to find out what these all the trending hashtags are, hmm. uh, especially ones that make no sense. And eighty-five percent of the hashtags that make no sense to me are because are from YouTube celebrities. And they're usually things based out of some other weird fandom or some other weird group. So I end up learning about weird feuds that have happened <laughs> and weird things like that because I read too much on, on, on these weird Twitter feeds. So, which is, I, I'll say is preface because I happen to know that last week or maybe earlier this week, I forget exactly when, there was a huge falling out between one of the more famous YouTube celebrities who made his celebrity by becoming, by being a fan of One Direction and the band One Direction. Uh, I'm going somewhere with this, so don't... What do you mean being a fan of One Direction and the band One Direction? Uh, well, there was a feud between this guy who's now YouTube famous because he's a fan. Basically, he like he was a big fan of, of One Direction and made enough YouTube videos... representative, almost. Basically, <laughs> and enough people liked what he was doing that he became famous in his own right. So he has, he has his own independent splinter group. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like Protestant Catholic <laughs> stuff going on. He's but a like, famous fan. They've, they've exactly. split now, and there's like the 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 fans of this fan and the fans of the original band, and, and there's like well, the, 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 the thing is, for a very long time there was an over, uh, full overlap. That was he, his celebrity was being a fan. As but, all schisms start. Yeah, exactly. But what happened was apparently uh, some guy from actually tweeted something that I think this guy took as homophobic. He attacked the guy for it, and then of course One Direction fans were more of a fan of the band than they were of this guy, so this guy just got like, just basically lambasted on Twitter, got death threats, blah blah blah, because 13 year old girls like, wishing, or, and, Wait, because and boys he, or whoever likes One Direction. He accused some member of One Direction for homophobia, I believe, in some <laughs> way. Now that's, again, I didn't fully read into this that far, but the point of the whole thing is that what I find interesting is combining that with a recent, uh, thing from Earth Day Canada, so I can pitch the fact that we are still a Beyond Green, Beyond Green podcast, mm-hmm. and have still no affiliation with Earth Day Canada, but however, they did tweet out a question a couple days ago about who inspired you. Mm. And I was thinking about it, who and I was... Who? like, It was an Earth Day Canada question. Like, who inspires you on this, uh, like, in green things, basically? Mm. 
And I believe I'm going to combine both these thoughts. So if it seems like I'm sort of, I'm not going anywhere, I'm going somewhere, I promise. And I, I was thinking about that question for a second. And what I thought was, I first was like, my first thought was, well, obviously they want you to sort of pick out, what you expect is pick out the people who are famous for it. Hmm. Uh, you know, like, Sabora Berman, David Suzuki, that kind of stuff. But what kid was like, those guys don't support, those, they don't inspire me. Like, it's, I like that they're doing what they're doing, and I would like to be doing what they're doing. But they're already famous in just continuing their livelihoods to some extent. Mm. The people who inspire me are the people who aren't famous but are still fighting for it. Those people to me are famous. Those are the people who are inspiring to me. The people who are doing, are, 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 are haven't at this level. I think partially because I didn't, I didn't follow someone's lead into environmentalism. I mm-hmm. sort of found it myself. Which means that I think there's a lot of people, I remember I was at a Jane Goodall talk a while back, and there's one woman who's there who's like, I literally everything she was doing was because of Jane Goodall. She saw Jane Goodall when she was like 10, just got completely stoked about what Jane Goodall was doing, and like she's now a PhD in, you know, studying conservation biology because of Jane Goodall. Right. I didn't, I think because I didn't go that route, I'm more inspired by people who I identify with now, and are the same places as I am now, and are still fighting. That's what I think. That's that's what I. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I come from. Mm-hmm. The point of the entire thing I'm saying, though, to get back to the sort of combination of these ideas that there are people so famous that you can become famous by liking these people who are famous, mm-hmm. which is just insane in my mind already. But I think it really speaks to the connectivity and the in the changing landscape that we see today uh, of celebrity. I don't think these this kind of super fan that exists now with One Direction, which there's a bunch of them, it seems from the limited Twitter following that I've done, has proven that in today's society, and I think I mentioned this, because content creation is so easy, there's a democratization of celebrity in some extent. Mm. Which, if you can, if you latch onto something that's a really strong idea, a really strong emotional appeal, and you can be a voice of that, even, even like one step down. Because no one, the mainstream media doesn't know who this guy is, but this guy's got a million YouTube followers, or subscribers, whatever that. You know, billions of people follow this guy. Yeah. They have and, no idea who he is, but if he ordered, ordered, suggested his followers, you know, tune into a specific broadcast of one of those boom. things, exactly. all of a sudden they see a massive spike in their viewership, exactly. they'd be like, whoa, what was that road bump? Yeah, exactly. Who is you this know? guy? So it's not like they have no effect. They yeah. Have a huge effect. Exactly. But it's, but it's, but he, he's a person who just doesn't have that. I think it's a democratization of, uh, of celebrity that I think can be used very effectively if we figure out how to harness it. So I want to get Dave's thoughts on that because you haven't talked for a while. On celebrity? On the effect of the democratization of celebrity and how it can be harnessed by the environmental movement. Um, I mean, I, I think that in itself might even be a problem in where everyone thinks that they can be a celebrity or that celebrity is even something to aspire to. Mm. As if we should feel, as if you should, you should attempt to get to a place where, um, you feel pressured and you get, you're used to, um, eyes watching you all the time. And so you want you want to get to a point where um, you stop gazing back because you're you're assuming that everyone's always already going to be looking at you. And I think becoming a celebrity is already itself perhaps um, is potentially a loss of power in some way, um, socially at least, not um, in terms of gaining monetary wealth for yourself or going to sweet parties or having good connections, but actually being able to impact people on a real level. It's as if you're removed from the public eye in a way that potentially undermines your actually actual ability to um, achieve your own social goals. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless the way you got famous is through that someone like 
Luther King or Malcolm X. I, I was actually waiting. I was waiting for an opportunity to jump in on that. I was going to. Yeah. I think the. I think the difference would just be like it depends how. Yeah. What you mean by a celebrity? Yeah. Uh, because if we're going celebrity, as in the like Justin Bieber, or Spice Girls, whatever, I just dated myself totally. But anyway, <laughs> uh, like that sort of thing. Then, yeah, I mean, because what's wrong with that is not that their celebrity cheapens their message. Mm -hmm. It's that people are given deference to things that they haven't earned, right? So Mm -hmm. they're famous because they were in a hit TV show, and now they're telling people about politics. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that their uh, their opinion on politics is necessarily wrong. Mm -hmm. What it means is that they don't deserve their microphone on that issue. Like, if they, Mm -hmm. if people, if, if they have good ideas about politics... I don't care what they are until they've gone through the rigor of earning a reputation for knowing about politics, Mm -hmm. which is one of the really implications of the democratization of media, which is that like before it had to go through these very few gatekeepers, which Mm -hmm. were these people who screened people for television. And there was very, very few amount of people who could get on television. So the screening process went higher. So like, even like I like to watch a lot of old TV and you'll see like just the, like the frequency with which people you recognize as cultural icons mm. as filling amounts of minutes on the TV screen just in mm. general. I have no scientific or study background for this <laughs> at all. I'm going entirely from personal right. opinion on this. But just like from watching it has, has obviously gone way up because there's a lot more broadcast, 24-hour news cycle, whatever. And, you know, people now, like, 6 o'clock news stories will be somebody slipped on a banana peel and fell through a McDonald's window and mm. died and killed three children and that's, you know, <laughs> or, or did whatever. Or, you know, somebody broke the world record for how many times they can do handstands or something in an hour, like whatever, whatever it is. But, but I think it's, I think it's that people, it's that there's something wrong in our culture where we think that just because we know who you are, everything about you either has to be totally good or totally bad. Mm-hmm. So we love to either hate people or love people, but yeah. this, that it's no, like I wouldn't take fashion advice from Carl Sagan, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. He dressed like a super dork, and I thought it was really kind of like he looked like how he should look. But like, you know, just because somebody's famous doesn't mean you take their opinion on everything. You should take somebody's opinion on something that they've earned their famousness in that category for. And so I sort of, to a certain extent, I put the the blame at the feet of the sort of society, not at mm-hmm. the the person. Like, you know, they're just someone who's somebody sticking yeah. their hand in yeah. the, their you know a microphone in their face constantly. They'd be like, you know, even either of you guys or me. Uh, if somebody came up and was like, oh, you're super famous for being environmentalists. Um, what do you think of, like, you know, what should be the hit color this year in the, on the <laughs> Milan runway? And you're like, I don't fucking know. Mauve. No, it's mauve. It's mauve. You know, and you're high on crack. You heard it here first, folks. It's mauve. You're high on crack. You're stuck in an elevator 45 minutes late for a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and someone asks you your opinion on whatever next year's color should be. Like, you know, I mean, but it's dumb. But the thing is, like, as soon as a, oh, mauve, you know, a Dave Hostetter or Hostetter or Stevenson or whatever yeah. the fuck you want your last name to be. You know, he said it's mauve. Is it mauve? Is it mauve or is it not mauve? And I'm like, oh, what's my your opinion? God, I mean, so it's part of. I mean, it's part of the problem, of course, is, is people, but it's also part of the way that the media now is just like mm-hmm. it has this system where like their only metric for what's important is how many people are interested in something. Mm-hmm. And but they, what they don't understand is that they're part of that deadly cycle. That mm-hmm. by making something a story, they're telling people it's new. So if you see like. Justin Bieber, uh, or Mayor, uh, Mayor of Ford makes the headline of a fashion magazine, or Justin Bieber makes the headline of a politi- politics magazine for statements they made. You click on it not because you're that stupid. I really don't think that's why. It's that because it's a headline, you assume something valuable must have been mm-hmm. said. There must have been a reason for this to be a headline, and it isn't true. Yeah. So you sort of have this deadly circle of just name-dropping and people falsely thinking that there might be value there when yeah. they find out it's not. 
And I think most of the hits that, you know, oh, 100 million people checked out that website. Well, okay, I think 10 million of them might, you know, 10,000 of them might have been just, like, dumb people that will read anything about that person. Mm. I think a, a significant proportion of the remainder of that just actually thought, like, there was something worth reading on that yeah. page and then found out after reading it that there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we can think of um, Neil Young's recent um, um, foray, I guess, against the uh, tar sands. Mm. And he's, he's, like, at least, especially in the conservative press, like, it's like... Like, why the fuck are we listening to Neil Young? This is stupid. Exactly like what you just said. Like, he has no business in... He knows nothing more about this than... Or possibly mostly less about this than some experts, which we've been consulting for years. But I think the way he went about it was good because he had a panel of people who were actually respected. Um, and he, he he himself is sort of the... Um, Excuse to talk the about The lightning it. rod for these yeah. other people to actually get their, vo- their voice across. Like, he had, like, some... I read a National Post article, I think it was... Um, and he's been very, he's been very, very clear uh, yeah. about the fact that he's not telling you what to think about it. He mm. just thinks that you should have something to think about. It. Yeah, he had, he had some respected, that's responsible use of this. He had some like respected like financial investors on the panel and uh, some other people that people care about. Um, so it's it, he he got like a decent group of people together to actually talk about it. Mm-hmm. He was just got publicity because he's Neil Young. Yeah. But even like even his Q uh, his Q interview that I listened to was about twenty minutes. Like the entire thing, Gian uh, Gomeshi was trying to ask him about, you know, why you know people have criticized you because you're a musician. He was like, I, he gave a great response. It was it was very succinct actually. He said, A, since when did that just because I'm famous did my cease to have a right to free speech? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not my fault that people care more what I say than other people do. Yeah. Just because of that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be allowed to speak, yeah. which is definitely true. And second of all, the thing was, he, he specifically said every time Gian Gomeshi tried to get him to like, you know, what do you want this and what do you want mm-hmm. people to think? He's like, I don't want people to think. I just want them to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, just go and look at it and come up with your own opinion. But the, he's like, the problem is that nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that, it, to me, is a very responsible use of his fame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's just saying, here's an issue. You're not talking about it. I want you to talk about it. And people can go and look at it. They can ignore them, or they can go and look at it and come up with any opinion that they want, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a very responsible use of, of fame. Well, I think I think he did it. I think you're both right. He did exactly he did it exactly the right way. And I, I want to jump off something you said uh, earlier, Darren, actually, which was the idea of the sort of how you can create news by claiming it's news, and that sort of that sort of thing. It's mainly because I wrote what was like over the summer, I wrote about six thousand words, basically. On how I thought the way nonprofits wrote their statuses and sort of uh, uh, sort of interacted with the public was stupid. Uh, I still haven't found a place to post it because surprisingly, the internet isn't that interested in six thousand words hmm. of my opinion. I don't know why. It's like it's like I don't matter. It's like it's only it's it's almost as if only eighteen people listen to this podcast. It's it's so <laughs> close that, to we, that. We know that's not true. No, no it's you should have ended it as a Wikipedia article and hyperlinked every other word, and then ah. people would have been interested in in forty word chunks. Right, exactly. Of the one thing that they wanted exactly. to do and then clicked off. That is that makes perfect sense to me. So the problem wasn't too many words; it's too few hyperlinks. Ah, <laughs> see, well, I well, the things I haven't actually posted. It, it hasn't gone up anywhere on the internet. It's going to go up soon. I'm going to start linking to it eventually. But what I wanted to get to on that topic was the fact that I understand why the media does what it does, in that it knows that by name dropping someone, it allows them to talk about whatever the thing they watch want to talk about was. It's sort of, it's that it's the name drop is the going for hits, and it's that, that's what I want to get back to is the idea of. I call it the view economy in the piece, uh, which was incredibly pretentious because I made up the word, or at least the, I don't. Maybe someone else has used it before, but I, it, I made up the idea. Which well, basically it's not pretentious if it accurate, accurately illustrates what you're trying to say in a simple phrase or term. That's just fe- simply uh, the way to do right, it. It felt pretentious when I wrote it. We'll go that way. Uh, but basically, the idea. 
Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the idea was that there's exist. We, we exist in a world now where views equal value mm-hmm. in a very, very direct sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you have the fact that Gangnam Style can become can can hit X number of views. People are talking about this is now the most viewed thing on YouTube, mm-hmm. or this is now the most viewed you know thing. Like, I know how much I react to views on on my website. You know, yeah. on our website. Yeah. The idea, like, see, like, oh man, this got like three hundred views. That's awesome. That's great. This is fantastic. Like, this is like the highest I've ever gotten. That's really that that's really exciting to me. And it's I, I on a much larger scale. That's what the news media is is becoming. Is that views is what they want, and so they write things in a way to get views. That's the concern I have with democratization of of news. Is the idea that once once you sort of there, there used to be, there still is, and there still should be a sort of reverence to news media because of the fact that if there is that reverence, then you sort of hold them to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Like if we held, if we actually got. If there was a news show mm-hmm. that I could know I could watch once for half an hour or an hour every day and basically get the good information I need to know to then carry on myself as a well understood person, uh, I would watch it. I would, I would, I, that is something that actually interests me. Unfortunately, I don't actually trust any of the things I see right now, mm. uh, to really give me that. I would so love. If people wanted to donate, like, I don't know, 10 grand, I'd really like to get a really large study together. Hmm. And uh, not at all. It wouldn't even cost that much. <laughs> um, no, I would love to go around and do, like, a general study and do it, like, about uh, in a bunch of major cities all over North America. Uh, and what it would ask it was it would, you'd have to find a slightly more guileless way to ask it. Hmm. Uh, but it would basically be asking people, what news media do they consume either from their local whatever, uh, as far as traditional media. Uh, so in Toronto, uh, it would be, you know, Toronto with Sun and Google yeah. Mail and Star and all that stuff. Well, you should go to the Metro. The major, and, the major news. Some of the free newspapers as well. Cause, but but the they're, just, newspapers, they're just owned by the... Well, people. but Grid has different, actually. Like, the Metro, is, we're, we're going to trade Star articles, but the Grid actually is... Uh, grid and now yeah. have, uh, have articles that wouldn't be included in other newspapers. So uh, I don't really... I wouldn't put Grid in there just as far as, like, well, you know what? Sure, we would. <laughs> it, it, in the real, study, the it's question, The question that I would... Well, no, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the, the question that I would ask, though, would be with entertained on one end, maybe this is how I'd set it up, with hmm. entertained on one end and informed on the other, why do you choose the news media that you most often hmm. do? So the first question would be rank the top three, so a bunch of Toronto things, rank the top three news media that you do in hmm. order of how much you read their content yeah, <clears throat> or absorb their content. And then f- for each of those, how much would you rate as an opposite between it's entertaining and it's informative mm-hmm. or, or because I want to learn or because I want to be entertained or something, mm-hmm. would you rate all of them? I would be fascinated to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like there'd be a problem obviously in self inherent with the, uh, with the fact that it would be self-reported, but I think that would be the most interesting part of it. Uh, would be in that sense because I think a lot of people would be quite ready to admit that you know uh, like even just in casual conversations with people I'm like why do you read that garbage like well it's got the sunshine girl (laughs) or like that's funny or they have better like people will just tell you just conversation will tell you that a lot of the time they choose the media that they choose because it's more entertaining it's Mm. not because they trust them anymore Right. Like a lot of the a lot of the people who read the Star, for instance, don't necessarily think that the Star is the, is the most honest and that it reflects their values or all that stuff. It's because they like the tone it takes. They find it amusing. 
Right. It's it's their choice of their entertainment source more than it's their choice of their of what they think is true or not. Mm. I think, and I, I, I'd be very curious to see if that showed up in a poll. Uh, I, I don't I don't know if there's. I'd be interested to know if there's a generational thing about that because for me, the only thing that I would go and listen to, or ninety eight percent of the news media that I take in mm. comes from ease of access. Mm-hmm. Basically, I read the Metro because it's free and very accessible. Uh, I, I used to literally throw it at you. Exactly. I read. <laughs> I, I, I read. This, I used to read the Star a whole bunch because it was given free for where I worked. Mm. And then most of the most information I get comes from social media sites and my own searching on on articles. Mm. There's basically no mainstream site that I go to to actually learn the news. I don't have any loyalty to any of these because I read what other people say is worthwhile. Other people find what they think is worthwhile to post up. Like it's it's become this thing where I'm never going. I never feel like I should like go to the Globe Mail website to see oh what's in the news today because I've already sort of figured yeah, exactly. out what's in the news today. I want a good article on what's in the news today. That's something just, else entirely. I was different. just gonna say that about you. You find out the thing that you want to know about from somewhere else. Yeah, and then you're like, I want to know what the star has to say about this. Not. I want to know what happened. Yes. I want to know what the star is saying about what happened. Yeah. And there's that, there is that conscious differentiation of that you're acknowledging that you're reading something that's going to have a very heavily slated tone and intent and all that stuff. And you're aware of it when you go and see it. And and that's sort of what I was getting at was that the actual choice in the matter is more one of less having to do with one that you trust and more having to do with one that you're entertained by Mm. because most people have already formed their opinion yeah. after they saw the first headline before they even ever went to the Star or Globe and Mail or Sun or anything yeah. else's website. They already have an opinion. They're looking to hear someone that they like. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's almost coming down to the fact that, like, everything is Jon Stewart. <laughs> and that people, they, like, they don't see it as entertainment anymore. They just want to hear what their favorite pundit has to say about that yeah. news that well, they already knew about. Yes, because well, all news comes in about eight facts. <laughs> like, there's this, like, basic, like, most news you can get in about 8 to 10 facts, and then everyone, every article you read will have those 8 to 10 facts. It'll just be presented in a different way, is, is, is I think, how it often happens. Uh, Dave, you've been conspicuously caught. What do you, what do you got on this one? Um, you just reminded me of the horrible pictures I saw from the Ukraine today. Oh, yeah, that shit's fucked. Um, <laughs> what is it, what is it, um... The Ukraine was going to make a deal with the EU mm-hmm. to, I assume, somewhat help resolve their financial I think they were going to join the EU. They were going to join the EU. I'm not entirely sure. Don't quote me on this. I'm again, this is, exactly, this is exactly what Darren said of the person who is not the one who should be. I'm not eager in politics. I'm pretty sure they were going to join the EU, and they got shot down. Uh, but they, 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 they got shut down. They chose not to. Yeah, they chose not to. And Russia is supporting them, and they're choosing not yes. to. And now they're essentially warring the streets. Well, not only that, they they after that happened... It was a, there was a bunch of protests, and then Ukraine put in an unbelievably, unbelievably Orwellian. Uh, well, they said they can't protest anymore. Well, it, it was a law that basically, yeah, it, it banned basically everything. It basically banned living. Like you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't meet up in the streets with other people. You couldn't do so. Like it was, it was to the extent where basically they said anything. Like we can charge you for anything whenever we want. It was the most dictatorship kind of law they could pass. I, I think Orwellian was the right. Orwellian, yeah, yeah Orwellian. Yeah. All right, we'll go Orwellian. For me, the best, the best outcome that story, that new, that that uh, item as a news story mm. for us people who are not who are not remotely uh, influenced by the what happens in Ukraine, yeah, um, is not only I guess a concern for Ukrainian citizens and what is potentially starting or continuing to happen in Eastern Europe and mm. Russia, 
but a reflection of that of, of how um, draconian laws can be can just sort of develop out mm-hmm. of political climates and it, like in the in the countries that we're in reading these headlines yeah it needs to be turned into an actual debate about our current politics and where we are and how um, and how some of what happens in our own country reflects that kind of thinking that kind mm-hmm. of the state knows what's right for the yeah. people. Yeah, and I think actually very interestingly, first of all, as can we decide, the police are throwing Molotovs in Ukraine. I thought the citizens were throwing Molotovs. So are the police. That's yeah. how fuck this has become. The police are throwing Molotovs. Yeah, <laughs> like that's un like that's a with a catapult. A catapult? Yeah, the civilians had uh, had built a catapult. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Anyways, so first off, if you read listen to this politics as far, read up on what's happening in Ukraine, because that shit's fucked. Yeah. Uh, point two, that I totally agree with that, and what's interesting, actually, was I read an article maybe about a month ago about uh, George Mann, from George Mann, about an article, about a new law that's coming, that's trying to be pushed forward in Britain. Mm-hmm. If it happened in Britain, it can happen, I think, very obviously in every other Western state, I think is, is where I'd go with that. And. The public spaces law. The public spaces law. I think that's, I think, I think, I think that's what it was, yes. Yeah. They basically, if they thought you were causing a annoyance in a public space, you could be arrested. And the word annoyance was completely open to whatever oh, like they the- wanted. Apparently it already sort of exists. A, a weaker law, version of the law, it already exists in Britain. But it has already been used to sort of just in confusing ways. I saw it referenced on um, Sherlock. Oh, yeah? Uh, Wins- um, what's his name? Watson. Watson, Watson got a, uh, an ASBA or whatever they call it. Oh, an yeah. Asbo? Yeah. For, uh, for, uh, for pay painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh. But yeah, like, like, like yeah, exactly. That's, and, and, you should, and. You should explain the, the thing. The ASBO? Or whatever you're talking okay. about. Okay. Um, well, the, the, <laughs> the idea basically is if you're causing a nuisance, and that's, the word is nuisance. It's, it's yeah. completely left open to whatever the police decide is nuisance. So of course, which is the worst thing about the law, is that when you have that level of non-meaning. It's anything from fashion choice to public music or begging. Exactly. Which, which basically allows, like, if you're a racist cop, guess what you get to do? <gasps> yeah. uh, I just like, love the movie Hot Fuzz. Uh, like, killing all the homeless people, or yeah. like, you know, the yeah. damn hip-hoppers, and yeah. kill them. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, 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 it's like, if, if, if basically, if you are a bad person who has access to the law, you can just come, have you have carte blanche to be a dick? Yeah. Which is exactly what, the opposite of what we want to happen, really. Uh, but like, but, but yeah, basically, what happened is, uh, so all these people who are just doing very normal things, and it's like, you know, you see all like, you know, let's, let's stop for a second, no, let's stop for just for one second, mm-hmm. just to think about what that means. Things aren't going well, so to fix this, let's give the people who are running shit more power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Let's just stop and think about that for a second. <laughs> we're going in the wrong way, or at least people seem to think so. Yeah. So the people who are driving the car, yeah. we're going to step on the gas. Yeah. Yeah. Now again, the actual, the expansion of the law hasn't passed yet. Mm-hmm. It's it's currently on its lower form, and maybe they'll come and fix it, or at least just or scrap it all the way. Maybe it'll never make it. Maybe it's one of those things that like really never had a chance, but they sort of had it around to like, scare people or something. Who knows? But... The idea that even that was considered is 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 scary, and the fact that you sort of any change with that that, that that's that, that's that's Britain, and that could happen here. And it's really as soon as you get laws like that, then you're really in this weird territory of. You think what Oprah would have done do? that by now if he thought he could get away with exactly. it? Exactly. Really? Oh, exactly. And I think and, and and I think that's I think that speaks well that we sort of haven't had that sort of mentality of. 
that, that, that would allow for that. And I think that's great. Uh, I think it, hopefully that continues. That's a, I think that's only because the right wing is paranoid enough that they'd be concerned that if they ever, the government ever switched, it would be used against them. I right. think that's the only thing that's holding <laughs> that sort of policy off in Canada. I don't know. I, I'd be interested they're, in that. They can think far enough ahead that they realize that if anything ever mm-hmm. happened and they weren't in charge, that it would be really, really bad mm. for anyone to have that. I think, there's also, I think there's also a European kind of feeling in that, in that law of the idea that Europe has a sort of sense of like Europeness way more than Canada and States does. Mm. So I think you can it's easier to other people, I think, then. Mm-hmm. I, I always refer to European racism as different from what I consider like North American racism. Well, it's, it's a because it's like, like a different kind of I feel like it's a different kind of thing. I think it's easier to sort of use that kind of law when you can essentially like, oh, these people weren't acting British. I mean, such a, such a law that Stefan brings up is, is such a ridiculous attempt at an absurd level of cultural homogeneity that just so it just makes everything like really stale, old money, and and just sort of sad. Like mm-hmm. that, nothing new can change because we're telling you that that is now disturbing the peace. Yeah. Like like any sort of cultural movement forward, it can now be, be considered as a disturbance of peace. Yeah. As if as if stagnation were the goal. Yeah. Oh, and, and honestly, I think that uh, like as as much as as we're to say. I really kind of think in some parts of Europe, stagnation is the goal. <laughs> like, I think, like, I, I really think... They don't that, like the world changing and they're digging their heels well, in. Well, it's, 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 you see the same thing as sort of, like, real America. Like, I think... I think America! There's, there's a tie-in, there's a tie-in, I think, from the idea, from patriotism to stagnation. It's called la, 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 You want to keep it, like, it's, it's, it's that, you always get that, you always get that sort of, <laughs> oh, in the golden age of all these things. It's like, there was no golden age. There's that unbelievably great John Stewart clip of where they send, I think, John Oliver or someone back, or they send their entire correspondence team back to find, like, when America was strong and real, and they go back, you know, every single decade, and they're like, no, it was shit now, too. Look at all these problems we had. And like, and they sort of go back and back and back and back and back, and they never find this golden age because it doesn't exist. And I think there's that. I think that's what patriotism can. That's the dark side of patriotism is that it's a patriotic idea to what you thought your country was when you were a kid, right. and you what your country was when you were a kid wasn't what your country all actually people, was. All the it people, was just shit. All the people who were kids when you were a kid, all of them were kids, had different ideas about what was awesome about the country at that time and do now. Honestly, there's absolutely no way most of this even related to the environment. But I had a very good. Co- I thought that was very. We're skating around it, though. To bring it back, to perhaps uh, a little bit. You can come back to sort of one base thought environment. It's like we think the environment should be treated with respect. If that's like if that's the if you have to go that week to make a statement about yourself, mm. that's fine. But you have to accept that that's how weak the statement is. Mm-hmm. And I think that I had a very interesting conversation a long time uh, a while ago with uh, with my dad actually about patriotism and how like how I would define myself as patriotic in Canada is so weak in comparison to sort of what I would understand patriotism to be that I can barely call myself patriotic in Canada anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, in next month, in February, I will want the Canadian team to win many gold medals. Why? Because I'm here and that seems like fun. Uh, that's... The, the, I, do, I do, I think, that we are a glorious nation that, will, that needs to prove our worth via the getting weird gold medals... No, that's There's stupid, only, but I just like it because it's fun. As someone that doesn't give a rat's ass about sports, yeah. I've analyzed three different reasons why people support sports mm. groups. And this is just me being right. outside the fishbowl. <laughs> there are three. All One, right. personal relationship with the player or some direct connection to the team. Uh, Most sense. basic. Yeah. Family member plays, my dad who was a coach, yada, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Something in your family, something in your heritage. Mm. Second reason, 
you are a professional sports aficionado and you have actually have the means and ability to analyze the best team in the league and are simply notifying people that no, in fact, this is the best team. And if they lose, it is, you know, you know, random chance and all that. Right. But no, 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 I'm a so-and-so's fan because they actually have the best players, the best team, mm. blah, blah, blah. So someone who factually knows what they're speaking about. The third one is the one who just likes sports. And it's the most sensible way to arbitrarily pick a team to root for because it doesn't make sense to like sports and not be on one person's side. Mm. It's yeah. like it's antithetical to the situation of sports. I, I won't. I've never met the guy who's like, man, I'm so into sports and I know all the all the specs about every team and whatever. Like, what's your favorite team? I'm like, oh, I like them all. I just love hockey. <laughs> that guy doesn't exist. Well, it's not fun to do that. Well, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, no, but I think the reasons that I was outlining is sort of very, it can be transferred to other right. things, which is, you know, both support for political parties. Mm. Family's involved with it. Uh, your entire, you know, it's somewhat arbitrary, but your entire neighborhood does. So like, mm. great, I'm a Republican or great, I'm a liberal because, you know, I live in a whatever. Like, people don't really think about it. And then the very, 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 very minority of those people are actually sitting down and breaking all of the information down. That yeah. was sort of the other part of it was mm. that. The most sensible to me position to be would be just a person who actually analyzes and figures out who's actually the best team. But you don't cheer but, for the best team. That's like antithetical. I understand. I understand what you mean. In, in which politics, is why I it don't watch sense. sports because none of it. Because obviously that. Well, because make in sense. politics it makes sense because you want the best policies to move forward. But that's what. That, but as in someone sports, who doesn't care about sports, that's what I don't understand. That what, what, why you why you wouldn't cheer for the like because it's arbitrary to vote for your home team. And the only other logical thing to do would be vote to to vote for the best team, the one that you want to win. What other way, other than they're the best or it's where I came from, what other metric would you use to choose a team? Usually it ends up being things like, like, the NFL is a great, is a great example because the NFL in Canada doesn't actually exist because we have no teams. Right. So the NFL ends up being, basically, if you're from, you just, it's completely arbitrary. Like, you, there's a thousand people, people make a big show about how they've analyzed <laughs> that their team is the best, but I oh, agree yeah. with you that in reality it's largely it, arbitrary. Well, it's, it's 100% arbitrary, especially in the NFL. The NFL from Toronto, because like, if you're from Toronto and you don't cheer for, you know, you're from the city and you don't cheer for your own city's team, I kind of don't like you. If, <laughs> only because, only because basically. You have your own idea of what a real sports fan is. I, I tell them something, yeah, I guess. But like the idea of, but, but basically for me at least, if the reason you cheer for your own team is it's, it's it's a bonding technique with the rest of your fellow your fellow uh, Torontonians. Hmm. And if you were from Toronto, born and raised in Toronto, and you decide to cheer for like someone else over over Toronto, usually it's because you just want to be difficult. <laughs> and so like, the guy with the Calgary Flames flag on the look, no, over there, <laughs> more than likely that guy is from Calgary. Uh, almost you know? certainly. Like, 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 in that, <laughs> in that, I understand. I totally understand if you're from the sport. The sport but that's what, even that's like, incredibly arbitrary, though. That's oh, terrible. all of it's arbitrary. So that's why but I that's don't the understand. fun of it. Like, I don't find that fun. Ah, it's, <laughs> it's a whole different thing. But all right, so and we've just I just, so we've spent 15 minutes analyzing why I don't like sports. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> sports are fun. That's the whole point of sports. I need a reason to care um, about one team over another. Otherwise, well, I don't care. Sometimes you choose like specific players you like and are good people, but. It, that it has to be arbitrary. <laughs> There's just no... The fun of sports really is that it doesn't matter. You know, the Jacques Strap, because, you know, he gives a lot of money to children's charities, and I, so I'm going to cheer for him while he crushes the guy's face on like, the sideboard. Hey, that guy probably deserves his face to crush. <laughs> I don't think it is more arbitrary. I don't think it is arbitrary to... Like, I think it's, it's, it's more arbitrary to choose a team... That is not your hometown. Like if, like if you're yeah. a Torontonian, it's not, it's not an art, it's not arbitrary to be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan because that's just simply where it is. Unless you just consider that all birth is arbitrary and therefore you shouldn't care about your country that you were born in. 
No, but you're supporting it because like you want them to win. But why does why does a team from your town relate in any way to you? Well, well yeah, I, don't, I, I totally does. I totally does. You get, there's more economic activity brought to where you're from. There's more prestige. But people aren't cheering because like their business is going to do better. Go Leaves because I'm going to sell. Uh, there are widgets. definitely people who are like that. The bars, I guarantee you, there are bar. Some of the biggest Toronto fans, fans are certainly sport. Are per, uh, certainly, certainly, certainly. So bar those people are capitalists, not sports fans. But uh, the. I don't think those like for me really the big thing is that there's a there's a sense of community that you can get out of your team winning. I think that like in seeing in the Olympics, which I thought was really interesting in 2010, was people were just nicer to each other during the Olympics in Canada because it was just like man we're winning and this is great. Like it was a it, there's a you can create a sense of community around sports. And, and because it's arbitrary, I think that's the value of it. Because if it actually mattered, people now would get bitter about it. Now you're talking nonsense. No, like <laughs> a team as a team is doing well, or as like sports really do matter to people, and sports are very much a way to communicate with other people in 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 a way that maybe like I can I relate to so many people who I will have literally zero else in common with because of my love for sports. Hmm. I can talk to tons of other people who I literally have nothing in common with. Because, like, man, you hear about those Raptors last night? Yeah, let's. I can talk to you for 15, 20 minutes. We can have a good conversation. I can respect your opinion on the Raptors. And we'll never see each other again, but I, at least I have something to write to you on. And, and a winning sports team, and, or a good sports team, increases, I really just think, increases the solidarity of and community that exists in the town. I really think that there's actually an actual value of having sports in towns. Uh, to, not that this actually has anything to do with environment. To, to bring it back to the armor, though, yeah. I was going to use, I can now segue back, though. All right, excellent. Bring it back. That that's sort of, and it's not, and, and I really don't mean this in any judge more in a sort of sense, but, you mm. know, like, a lot of time, like, you just have reactions in your mind, mm. and the way that your reaction is maybe not something that you should always voice out loud because it'll be misunderstood, but I don't give a shit, I just do that sort of shit. Mm. But with the knowledge that this is the type of thing that most people wouldn't admit to doing this, I'm mm. simply putting myself All out right. there. Yeah. I don't, which is that... When I meet people who say, like, are with something where, and, and this particular issue is arbitrary, I'm just picking something as an example, but like, let's say, um, you know, animal cruelty, so their focus is on, uh, uh, adopt a puppy. Yeah. Or something like that. And we have an understanding where, like, I understand that, and, you know, animal cruelty is something that shouldn't happen. I agree. That's not a, not a need. But like, from my point of view, like, when we're talking about, like, a couple of puppies might be beat up or maybe not have a nice life or all white life being like all puppies being destroyed by climate change. I'm just like, I don't understand how you can care about that and have no reaction to this when one is like demonstrably bigger because my problem trumps yours, like not in an emotional sense or a preference sense, but like in a demonstrable sense, it trumps yours. And so I'm kind of like, and, and so for my, and it must, it must just be the product of the way that my brain works. Mm. But like, that's why I can't care or I wouldn't give money to like a save the puppies initiative. Right. Because I'm like, I, in my way, I'm saving like millions of puppies and you're spending your time saving two. Right. So what, how do you link this back to sports? Uh, well, no, is it the, in that, that's why I don't get sports because mm. like that fundamental thing you have to do where you're like, no, no, it's just, this is my thing. I, I can't do that. I care about the environment because, to me, it is the demonstrably the most important. But that's just that saying exists. that it's wrong to make sports your thing, not to care about sports in general. No, it's, it's that I don't. Thing. I don't understand how you can have preference for something that's admittedly arbitrary. But you and would yet consider, get so excited about it. Oh, but you would consider yourself a you would consider yourself a gamer of some sort. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you have favorite games. Sure, they're demonstrably better. But they're not. Sure, they are. I can tell you exactly why I prefer one game to another. In a way that a sports person couldn't tell me. Do you me have why a favorite character in those games? Like, like you play RPGs, right? You have a specific type, class type that you like. Yeah, I can tell you. I can answer all of those questions. You can. Though. You can tell me why your favorite class type is better than other class types. 
For my preference, yes. So you like because, XYZ and Because I like cert- I like playing certain characters, certain types of characters, because that's something that identifies with how I like to think about myself or something like that. Like there's a logical explanation for all of it. Believe me. Don't yeah, test that, me. Doesn't mean, do that doesn't mean gaming as an as 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 a, as a hobby is is uh, inherently or demonstrably better than sports as a hobby. You're no, still... it just makes it just it, it the mechanic of how you go about liking it makes sense to me. Whereas the getting getting having such an incredibly huge emotional attachment to something that's on its face arbitrary, that can I don't see the bridge between those two. Whereas, yeah. like, if I, if I'm telling you I'm really into a new game, and you're like, why do you like that game more than the game you liked before? I can tell you why. It's because it has better graphics. It plays better. There's demonstrable reasons. Yeah, and my but... and my and what's more important to make the analogy is that my preference switches as better options actually do become available. You won't find sports people like deciding their new team favorite team is a new team every year based because the on that value roster. because the value created isn't your team winning. The value created is the com- is the connection you make with the fellow fans. That's the thing. So what you're trying to tell me is that the reason I don't like sports is because I don't have any friends. No. <laughs> that would be incredibly mean of me to say. No, you don't have friends because you don't like sports. <laughs> ah, there we go. Uh, that may be a valid point. <laughs> I was just going to make a point about your definition of patriotism. All right, hit me. I don't, I don't and then it, we're going to end this podcast because think, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't think it is arbitrary to um, choose your team based on where you're from because it's actually necessary because... Patriot, like I don't think I don't think of patriotism as sort of I was born here, therefore I'm going to be um, I'm going to I'm going to think there's some sort of golden uh, image I have of where I'm from. I'm just going to promote that mm. and tell the people that it's better than where they're from. I think there's a deeper patriotism which isn't blind, which isn't attempting to harness the past or consider the past more powerful than the present, uh, and 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 be against any progress in their own country. Um, which is a consideration of what it actually is to live in a very constructed, um, a very constructed group of people around an idea of a nation which involves um, using the same money, cheering for sports teams, having a similar cultural heritage, having museums, having art galleries, considering um, people born in above the 49th parallel and not in Alaska. It's also, like, we're also below because we're born in Toronto. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, on the side of the border, mm. as more interesting to us because they're within the same uh, cultural matrix, mm. and what it is actually as as a collective consciousness to have that lined out population along the along the parallel and doing a weird dip near right. the Great Lakes, obviously, and going yes. to, the, to the east, um, to have that sort of dislocation in terms of um, spatial relations to one another, which is a huge, vast tundra of subconscious to our north. And simply facing the Americans and having to be um, influenced constantly by American culture, influenced constantly by people who don't really think about us or even consider our existence as anything important at all, right? So I think there's a, there's a deeper Canadian patriotism, which is actually con- is concern for fellow citizens and our actual real connections based on completely artificial connections. Okay. Constructions I really between the patchwork of problems. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I'm actually going to. I'm going to. I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to award Dave a thousand points, and two, I'm going to end the podcast here with no attempts at us trying to sum this all up because none of this made any sense. I was going to, but I'm really prevented <laughs> from doing so. All right. Well, I apologize. We'll we'll get Darren's last minute comments next time on the show. <laughs> We're already running over time, so this is going to be a final first of all victory of Dave on the. I Dave wins because I only gave up points once, and Darren gave me one point, so Dave wins one thousand to one. Mm. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. I'll call you a hostetter for now, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be that the end of the podcast.
send us an email, because our comment section doesn't work right now, but send us an email if you have any comments. And this is going to be Matt and Kim with Daylight. Take a set. Night time.